Hello and welcome to The Huddle, brought to you by Wilson, au.wilson.com, the official ball of the NBL. And whew, there is a lot going on. The NBL Cup in the books, players moving teams left, right and center, a lot of moving pieces. And Derek Rucker is joining me to break it all down. And uh, we, we had a great chat. We ripped through everything going on in the NBL right now, the Wildcats winning the NBL Cup, the Bryce Cotton problem, how do you go about solving it? The situation around Mitch Creek and Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, um, Brisbane and New Zealand, all those moving pieces. Um, we, we, we talked about everything. You're gonna enjoy it. Sit back, relax. Up next, Derek Ruff. <laughs> Well, the MVP is in the house. Ruck, uh, thanks for coming back. Good to see you, man. Hey, Liam. I, uh, I see you going to all the games. You look like uh, uh, a young Al Pacino in The Godfather <laughs> the other day, sitting up there with your wife, laying back. You had the dark colors on. You looked like, uh, you, looked like you were about to inherit something, like the league or something. <laughs> is, that, is that Larry's plan? Uh, that, I, think, is that, I think that's the plan. We're just kind of taking it step by step. <laughs> total stitch up by the broadcast by the way total total yeah. stitch up. i gotta get some of those guys back yeah definitely it was good though you're looking good thank you my man you too how um how'd you enjoy the nbl cup it was really good um i i started off i probably went too hard early with my consumption of the games and so forth i hit <laughs> a little bit of a, a lull minute admittedly probably about into week you know early week three but then as it got interesting down the stretch and the prize money was up for grabs, I really locked back in. And obviously this past weekend, I watched it very closely. I thought mm. it was, I thought it was a great initiative and uh, hopefully the players enjoyed it. And um, you look, look, I think there's a lot to talk about coming out of it, obviously. Mm, mm, a lot <laughs> to dissect. Um, where do we start? You mentioned the Wildcats winning, um, taking it out, getting the 150 K Um but geez, there's a lot going on. A lot of a lot of breaking news um, on the mm. on the day after the cup. You know, we had the, the we we heard about the charges laid against Mitch Creek of the mm. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix last night. With this is of course we're recording this about 1 p.m. Eastern time on uh, on Tuesday. Um, so some things might change between now and and when people listen. But we've also had a whole heap of player movement right I on the, the morning after. Um, Sportando, ESPN, all over it, Brisbane and New Zealand, um, and things are starting to become official, right? So the reports that have had Lamar Patterson being released by the Breakers, replaced by Levi Randolph, then Orlando Johnson being released by Brisbane, replaced <laughs> by Lamar Patterson. We've got others like Will McDowell-White and, and Jeremy Kendall in the mix with New Zealand. It just... It's like the NBA free agency period right now. I know. And it's good that the league is allowing this um, amount of mobility amongst the players because for so many years, it was a very stifling competition. There was a lot of restriction on player uh, movement. So, you know, I think it's really exciting. Like yesterday's uh, publicity and player transactions, I think is really good for the league. And it yeah. adds intrigue. Um, the more combinations of discussions that you can have about the game, the better off the league is for. But where are we going to start? Where are well, we starting? All right. Well, we're going to, we're wow. going to, we're going to talk about the Wildcats. Let, let's park them okay. for a minute, right? Because they deserve a full section of 
um, analysis. Let's we'll we'll talk a little bit about Mitch Creek and the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix in a moment. Let's talk about these movements because they are hot off the press. The Breakers just confirmed the 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 release of Lamar Patterson and the signing of Levi Randolph. The the media release is incredible. Let me read you a little bit of this sure. media release. So it's, it's it refers to it as a mutual release of injured import Lamar Patterson. Um, it says the 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 29 year old had um, averaged an underwhelming 10.8 oh. points and and so on and so forth with his numbers, and then there's quotes here from Dan Shamir. It says uh, um, when we signed Lamar, we knew it was going to be quite some time before we could get him, so on and so forth. And then he says, um, uh, where where is it? it says he uh, he Lamar got to us 12 days before game one. And unfortunately, he was not in top shape to play. And it was a difficult situation. It influenced how we played and it influenced the whole team. He was getting in shape and getting better. Then he got hurt. There's some quotes from Lamar Patterson saying, you know, he hasn't been able to find his groove with this team. He's a routine person. It hasn't worked for him with the breakers set up. And he says, I've got ahead of the situation and done what I think is best for me and the club. Right. So... Patterson out from New Zealand. What, what are your initial thoughts of that? Well, I had a discussion with this uh, about this issue yesterday with Shane Heal on the basketball show. And one of the things that we, that is unknown is what is Lamar's condition. Now, did you saw him in person? How did he look? Did his body look better? Uh, no, not particularly. Okay. Well, then that answers the second part. So he's probably not fit. And while the injury may have healed, um, he was healthy in terms of no injuries before. It was just his fitness that was preventing him from playing. Mm. So if he doesn't have the injury, okay, well, we're not in a horrible situation, but he's still not in a good situation. We saw what he was doing, healthy and overweight, okay? Now, Brisbane obviously have taken a risk, and there's a whole nother section to this that is just bizarre because Brisbane and Andre Lamanis, who have been so conservative over the past couple of years with changing players. Mm-hmm. Last year, they had the two guys who I thought they should have changed in week two, and they held on to them the whole season, much to their detriment. Mm. Okay, now they pull the pin on Orlando Johnson, who I thought was starting to find his way. Mm-hmm. He still wasn't great, but they don't need that guy. They didn't need him to be great. I thought he was improving. And they had a, you know, they were probably the third best team in the NBL Cup. Think that's now, fair. Yeah. Now they're going to go remarry Lamar Patterson, who is out of shape. This is a huge risk. Mm. Huge risk. However, if they feel that they have the secret to unlocking him and untapping his, his, his uh, fountain of fitness, if there's something up here in Brisbane that, that stimulates and motivates him to get in shape, they become a championship contender. And do you feel like they had that kind of ceiling with the group they had? That must be it. It must be a different mindset this season where, and it's the mindset I think that a franchise must have. Every year you must go out and try and win that championship, especially Mm -hmm. if you have the Australian talent that the Bullets have. And their Australian talent is, I think it's better than it was last year. Mm Mm-hmm. They lost Glidden, but they picked up Drimmick. I'm saying Drimmick might be doing a better job for the Bullets than Glidden did last year. Mm-hmm. Toby's better than he was last year. 
Khadiz seems to have come out of his funk now and seems to be doing it looks like he's found himself. Mm-hmm. Hodgson is better than he was last year. Magne was a big loss, but I don't think they're really missing him that much. Well, Vic Law in that spot is a difference maker. Exactly. So I, I feel like they, uh, I agree with you about Orlando Johnson. He was starting to find his way, but I think we, we'd seen enough to know what, what his you know, what his best was going to be, right? You could see where he was with his career. And yes, he was starting to get a little bit more aggressive, find his his role within the team. He was, yeah. I think he was trying hard and working pretty hard defensively. And Good defender. Say, Good well, defender. Yes. No, not an impact defender. Like, I don't think you'll lose it. I mean, Anthony Drimmick can come off, come into that spot, I think, as in the starter. And I don't think they lose a lot defensively in, in that spot. Yeah. But I, I think that they looked at him and said, you know what, if we bring Lamar in, yes, he's still hurt a little bit. It's going to take him a little while to, to, to work his way into to fitness. He knows the system. He's comfortable with us. We can, he can, we can set him up at the pad. We can get the elliptical machine in place. He can get his bike and ride to training again like yeah. he was doing last season. And his floor that we're probably going to get from him is probably what Orlando Johnson's giving to, for us right now. No, no. You saw those games where Lamar had, what do he have, two points? Mm-hmm. Bad fit. Bad situation. Okay. They, do you know, he arrives, for me, he arrived 15 to 20 kilos overweight. So automatically, they feel like it's bad blood. You know what I mean? Like, we let you go to it's Puerto to- Rico. It's, it's toxic early. It's toxic. Yeah. We, we had a conversation. You wanted to go to Puerto Rico before you came here. We wanted you here so we could get started and get everyone acclimatized. But we thought, okay, you know what? Let's, we'll allow you to do that. Mm. And then you come from there like that. And, and it's Shamir and it's LP. And then it's the guy, you know, Ty Webster's and Corey Webster and those guys. And I don't feel like everybody's happy with the situation. He's unhappy. They're unhappy. The best thing is to, to part ways. We'll talk right. about their decision-making in a second for me. But from Brisbane, you're starting from a much better place. You're starting from a, from a place of like, let's pick up a little bit from where we were last year. We've got some physical stuff to sort out with your knee and with your conditioning, mm. but we can pick up from there and take off. Well, John Casey, a couple Saturdays ago, mentioned that he thought Brisbane was a championship contender as they were, and gaze and heel almost jumped down Case's throat. But I don't think Case was totally wrong. Look, they could win it. They could win it all as they were, but they need a lot of things to go their way, yep. including injuries and misfortune mm-hmm. to other teams. Mm-hmm. Now they've got misfortune going on right now with Melbourne United. Mm-hmm. The Mitch Creek thing is is unfortunate for Southeast Melbourne. But you know who's not experiencing any misfortune? Perth. Mm. But Brisbane plays Perth well. But if you're Sam McKinnon and Andre Lamanis and you look at your squad and go, well, our best case scenario is yeah. a Stephen Bradbury type setup where we're yeah. relying with, on other teams to be yeah. hurt coming into with a final Johnson series. As our, with Johnson as our with, import. With Johnson as Patterson our guy. In, and right. now your ceiling is much higher. If right. that guy gets in shape, they're right there in the top three. What's your feeling about the impact on Nathan Sobey? Because he's in a beautiful place 
right now on the floor. Second leading scorer, 50-40-90 shooting clips, doing it at both ends, leading the way in terms of his energy and his, his decision-making and his play. Mm. He wasn't that guy alongside LP last year. But is that a function of Patterson or is this Sobe finding his comfort level in this system and playing, you know, just playing very good basketball and so confident right now that the external factors just do not matter right now? You know, who's playing with him? Who's guarding him? He's going to produce. And I thought he was playing decent basketball early, but now he's not as rushed. He's not making the senseless plays that are costing the Bulls possessions. And Patterson's pretty low maintenance. I think it suits him perfectly to glide through the game and get himself in shape when he comes back, but then be able to make critical buckets. And I think that's what they probably miss, another big bucket score um, down the stretch. And I think that will get them over the hump. Get them over the hump. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, and I agree with you. you first and foremost, you applaud the, the bold move, the move yeah. early in the season to say, you know what, Donald Sloan, it's not working. Let's go and get a Brandon Paul. What are you, you waiting know? for? Right. What are you waiting for? Orlando Johnson, we're 15 games in. We've been working, you know, they've been working on this behind the scenes for a little while, trying to find the right guy. Uh, all of a sudden, they sense what's going on with New Zealand. They have, their phone calls happen. And we say, well, it's much cheaper. We don't have to fly a guy in. It's much cheaper. We can sort this out. We know LP likes it here. He likes this coach. He likes this organization. So you applaud the bold move to say, let's, let's swing for the fences here. We've got a team that could make the finals. And if everything broke perfectly our way, you never know what we might be able to achieve. But they're going a little further than that. I like that. My hope, what I would hope that they do when they get him on the floor is bring him off the bench. Yeah. Say, you know what, Sobi and uh, Tanner Krebs, which you called for early in the piece, and, yep. had, and you nailed that. That's been sensational. Drimmick comes into the starting lineup to replace Orlando Johnson. Mm. And you've got Vic Law, Tyrell Harrison. That's working really well with Matt Hodgson. And then you say, you know what, for a period of time, it's Kadi, Patterson, and Hodgson off the bench with the second unit. I think, I think they have enough talent um, to win enough games until say say LP is going to take six weeks mm -hmm. the Bullets have enough talent to win 60% of their games unless the NBL crushes them with the scheduling situation send them out to play Perth for three games out there or something but you know what I'm saying like they have enough talent to buy themselves wins over the next four to six weeks Patterson gets himself right and then they're coming down the stretch when is the season supposed to be supposed supposed to end how many games are left I have no clue well, it's 36 games. They're yep. 15 games in, I think. 16, maybe there's 16. Oh, there's a huge chunk of the season left. Yeah. Huge chunk. Yeah. So what about New Zealand? They move on from Patterson. They're bringing in this guy, Levi Randolph, out of the yep. G League. 28 years old, 6'6", shoots the heck out of it. Just, just came off 40%, 42% from three, 13 points a game in yep. the G League bubble. Um, Will McDowell White, who I'm sure you can speak on more yep. than more than most from from watching him in Queensland, and of course Jeremy Kendall. In the meantime, until Levi Randolph gets here, how do you what do you think about their moving and shaking over the past 48, 72 hours? Again, I like the boldness. 
you know, and now I'm just playing up and down. I'm getting up and down. I'm turning it into a track meet. Uh, I've still got the big boy in there who I wasn't big on. Iverson wasn't big on him. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He's all right in there. He finishes mm-hmm. well enough. His hands are good enough. He rebounds the ball. He sets good screens. You can still play him his 22 to 25 minutes. But other than that, we are getting up and down and getting after. And I'm unleashing everybody and saying, hey, let's make some teams catch us. And, and they've been, probably been a bit, a bit more structured um, than most teams in the competition. I'm not sure what their possessions per game ranks um, at the moment. But, you know, I'd like to see them get up and down. They have some horses out on the perimeter now that can do some things. And uh, Will McDowell-White, who wasn't great in the G League, but he was, a play, he was playing with some other, you know, three other guys got the call up, did they? I think off of his G League team. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, he was playing some other guys that could hoop, and they were getting some usage. So, um, Will is, look, he's a 6'5 athlete that can do a bit of everything. Um, the one knock on him is, you know, is he going to really bring all mm-hmm. the time? And if he's learned how to do that, he can be a huge addition. Look, it's crazy. I know he wanted to play G League and go after the NBA, but I'm, I'm just shocked that more teams weren't making overtures towards him to try and stay here and play in the NBL. Were you surprised when you saw him named in the Boomers squad, having watched him in the QSL during the offseason? Not really, because I think Gorge is looking for those bodies that can compete against, you know, the bigger European guards and the American guards and, and things like that. Um, was, I, was I more surprised to see him named in it or so be excluded? Definitely so be excluded. Mm-hmm. Look, you got to put him back in the squad. What's going on? <laughs> He'll be in there. You How know, do you know? Well, but because he's next in line. Oh, here surely. He Michael Corleone. Michael Corleone's <laughs> got all the answers. All right. You know something. Come on. Come on. I'm just, you know, you, you name 24. Those 24 never turn up to camp. Now, I don't mean to jump over to the Opals, but there are a couple of omissions in the Opal squad with some current form going on, but they haven't made any changes over there. So why is that a BA thing or is each squad and each coach allowed to do their thing? No, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just saying that there's, you can almost guarantee, you can't guarantee, but you can almost guarantee that those 24 that were named aren't at camp because they'll be hurt. Okay. And so next guy gets called up and there's always somebody who bolts onto the team in the boomers. You know, I think back to, to Delhi, the 2012 Olympics before London. And London. it was like, who's this kid in the squad? He's on the team. He's starting like it was, he's still playing college at the time. Yeah. Xavier, um, I'm pretty sure Xavier Cooks for the last World Cup was an injury replacement into the squad. He was. Was, and then he got hurt. And well, he got picked and then he got hurt. And then he got hurt. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. I expect when push comes to shove, when the balls are rolled out at the on day one of that camp, I'm, I'll be shocked if Sobey's not there. What's the date of the? Uh, what's day one of the camp? Don't know. Uh, yeah, but not I sure. mean, look, we're not dealing with a lot of time here, man. Well, you know what this what this time is right now is, a, is, a, a, they're not going to have much of a camp either because it's going to be so quickly before the Olympics. It it's this is trial. You know, I mean, if you, like Ding Adele has played himself out of a spot already for mine. 
And Nathan, I think Nathan Sobey. He just doesn't look like he's moving well. Like he can't handle the ball. Right. There's no fluidity. I don't know what's happened. I, I've expected so much more. Dangadell's Dang looks better. <laughs> Dangadell's, we, we, who would have thought we'd say that? Dangadell is in the squad. Nathan Sobey's out of the squad. And for me, he's closer to making the team right now. Um, where is Jonah Bolden? Good question. I think he's he's where Ryan Brockoff was a little while ago, waiting waiting for a deal. Um, so I don't know where where he where he sits. He's involved in some other ventures right now, out of the game, you know, crypto oh. and some some stuff like that. But uh, in terms of the game, I'm not really sure. But before we move on, Will McDowell, why? Yeah. Can you paint a little bit of a picture? I saw him when he played for Sydney. Mm. He went off my radar a little bit when he went to Europe in Germany. Then I saw him, little bits of him at the Summer League when he was with the Rockets. Yep. And, he, and, he, and he looked comfortable and, and good mm. and, and impactful out there in limited minutes, got hurt, injured his ankle, where I didn't see much more of him. And then, then I see these grainy video footages during the offseason of him just tearing it up. In, in that QSL competition, all of a sudden he's named in the Boomers squad and yes. now he's going to roll out for the New Zealand Breakers. You've seen way more of yep. him than I have. Tell us what he's going to bring to, you know, he's going to play alongside Ty, Corey Finn, Tom Abercrombie. What's he going to be like out there for the Breakers? He does a good job of organizing. I think he's a, he's a good leader without being overly vocal, but for some reason coaches don't seem to give him the license to run the team um, at, at the next level up from state leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he shoots it solid without being a marksman. Um, he's very smooth with the basketball, smooth, deceptively athletic, um, not as athletic as say a Mojave King, but a, a very good athlete. And he's got a nice sized body. Um, you know, I'd say probably about six, five, handles the ball well, can get on the rack, got a lot of different types of finishes, finishes at all levels. Um, I've, I'm somewhat surprised that he didn't have a better G League season, but as you say, it's the fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the right situation, he could possibly one day get a 10-day shot. But I think right now is his time to prove in a league that has a high profile and with a lot of eyes on it, right now is his chance to prove to big European clubs and to the NBA that he is a legitimate player. Well, he's not going to get the keys in New Zealand. Well, I think, you know, if Ty needs a break or I think, I think sometimes Ty needs to be moved off the ball. And right now, how long is Corey out for? Corey's out for another few weeks, isn't he? Maybe a couple more weeks. Yeah. Okay. Here's the per, but I mean, the timing on Will coming out of quarantine and all that, who knows with COVID. But I think there are times where Ty needs to be off the ball. He gets caught up doing a lot of stuff. And it's like. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible usage. He's tremendously talented and I get it. But sometimes for the sake of the team and, and that ball movement and player movement, and Ty's quick. Make his man chase him off the ball. Give his defender 
a different look offensively. Bring him off some pin downs. Bring him off, some, take him off some flares and things. Just, just mix it up and let somebody else handle the ball and get a different offensive vision out there. And I think that's where Will would be really good. Will, Ty, and Corey on the floor together. Can that work? Yes. And the other, and the new import and mm-hmm. Colton Iverson. Mm-hmm. And you could even play some small, but like some super small ball with Finn at the five. Mm-hmm. Abercrombie, like that's what I'm doing. This is going to save Abercrombie because Abercrombie, all of a sudden, like, look, he's not the athlete he once was, but he's still athletic. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you've got a guy, um, John Mooney, trying to check Abercrombie on the perimeter. Mm. Yep. And he's starting to find like a bit of rhythm and a bit of flow and got some great confidence off that game winning shot. What a shot. And, I know. It was a, you know what? It was one, of, it was a beautiful moment. That's a team that needed a, some joy like that. They got some joy from that 44 point beat down of the 36ers. And then yeah. to have a moment like that. And I feel like, do you know what? I feel like there's going to be a big exhale from that group with the elephant being moved out of the room, you know, right. so to speak with Lamar leaving. You know what? That's that just, let's just move on from that and move forward. Um, which is which is going to be fun. I I well, found it interesting. Hopefully, the Kiwi contingent down in Launceston has thrown the Webster brothers a huge party. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna set up base down there for what ten days? Uh, Longer? I'm playing the. You know what? I'm playing the ball in front of me at the moment. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I found it interesting with their moving that they didn't bring in another big. They lost Rob Lowe. Colton Iverson has really improved. Yeah. You know, he's shed and looking good, but he's going to have some games where he picks up those two early fouls and they're going to look down the bench and go, all right, well, Kyron Galloway, like, we need those big minutes from you right now. They've gone Will McDowell-White, Levi Randolph. As I said, they've got Jeremy Kendall coming in 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 the meantime. Like... It's, let's get up and down. Let's go. Hey, look, we're, let's go. Like, stop worrying about trying to X and O this thing. Mm-hmm. Let's just get out and play and force teams to play faster than they want to play and speed it up. Look, we don't – this year for New Zealand, it turned out to be – It initially it looked like it was going to be a great, great team based, the move, based on the moves they did in the offseason. Unfortunately, that plan has been blown up for a number of reasons. Okay, mm-hmm we got to roll the dice and, and come up with a different style that's going to put pressure on teams. And you know what? Play without a worry in the world mm-hmm. because, you know, those teams are dangerous. It's the, it's the talented players that can play like they got nothing to lose that are the most dangerous guys. Oh, do you know, if that starts happening and these pieces come in and start clicking, they become a nightmare to play against and absolute must-watch TV every time for you and I. Well, we saw a glimpse of it in that game when Corey and uh, Ty shot. Who did he shoot out? Adelaide? Yeah, and the and that first half against Brisbane. Yes. At the State Basketball Center when the two of them were just, that were the drops coverage yes. on, Corey yeah. Web, on Corey Webster off Colton yep. Iverson pick and rolls, which was never going to work and didn't work. Mm. We're going to see a whole... And I've been saying for a while, these two guys together with Abercrombie and Delaney running... For the Tall Blacks, under Paul Hanare... It was a track meet. Right. What they did at the 2019 World Cup where they 
did really, really well, had a couple of really good wins and played some yeah. tough teams right to the final buzzer. They were the fastest paced team at the tournament. Now, I'm not sure mm. if the numbers back that up, but certainly that's how they were playing and what it looked like. And and to start the season, as you say, that it was a lot, it was way more systematic. But right now, in this with the change in the roster and, and their setup, it's it's go time. And also with Weeksy, this is gonna open him up. Weeksy mm-hmm. has started to I I never understood why he wasn't playing. Mm. Well, he's gonna if they play like that, it suits him to a T. Mm. So let's let's talk a little bit now about the situation with Southeast Melbourne Phoenix and Mitch Creek. Really troubling, disturbing report. What were your um, what was your reaction? What were your feelings when you first heard the news late last night? Well, for me, it was you know it was a it was a trigger moment. You know, it took me back to when I had had my own um, run-ins legally, and I think. You know, one of the toughest things is we know it's public. We know it's gone all over social media and it's, it's a big deal. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things for a person in that situation to deal with is being able to go out and face your peers and face the public because there is going to be a lot of humiliation. There are going to be a lot of, you know, there are a lot of emotions that come with it, a lot of judgments and, uh, you know, you know, for, th- for me, it was being able to go out and hold my head up and stay true to myself. And, um, you know, I really can't speak on the legal side of it, but, mm-hmm. you know, it is going to be a challenge um, in that regard, not only for the uh, for Mitch himself, um, but for, you know, everyone that's involved with the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Now they've got to figure out a way to put it behind them while you know, the legal system does what it has to do. And, you know, they still got a job to do, which is go out and win basketball games. Mm, I will say this, sitting behind their bench the other night, I I was really impressed by the energy of that group. You know, Mm. and I've been speaking on it a little bit recently about... Um, the, the level of buy-in that team has and, and from watching, you know, and you watch it from um, on the, during the games and, but mm-hmm. sitting behind the bench, you get a whole different perspective of that. And, and they had great energy because there was a hundred thousand dollars on the line right. and they were, they were going for it, but, but the, how much they were supportive of one another, enjoyed each other's successes, how engaged Kiefer Sykes is in helping Kyle Adnam and Isaiah Liafa and, 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 and how willing all of those guys are to be coached hard. Yes. You know, you would have heard the reports from Narrowly Meadows of the, the, of the Simon oh, yeah. timeouts where he's given it. Ben Moore had just played his best basketball of the season in many yeah. respects, was the team leading scorer for the first time all year. And then he comes into the huddle and Simon Mitchell rips into him for not blocking out. And they're, mm. just, they're just all... I thought as, as a, like for dealing with this situation that they have right now with Mitch Creek, I think they're starting from a tremendous base from a, from a um, culture perspective within that club. I agree. And look, a lot of that credit has to go to Tommy Greer. He's done a really good job of assembling, you know, um, a very good basketball collective. Um, But look here, we talked about bold moves from New Zealand. Mm Mm-hmm. And Brisbane, if Southeast Melbourne are legit about 
being a playoff team, they know they've got these two young local point guards. They've got an injured Sykes. Mm-hmm. Creek is gone. Do you make a move? Oof. What, like a, with an import? No. This is your group. This is your group if you're Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Now, you've got this whole situation. You don't have enough, though. You, you, just, got, enough. you just brought in Ryan Brockoff. Don't gonna, have enough. It's going to take a while. You don't have enough. You don't have enough. You don't have – They losing Creek is just – Well, you say cut Ben Moore? Nope. Cut Kiefer Sykes? You crazy. Stop you got to make a move. Stop or it. Ben Moore. Somebody's got – some. I, he's, I need more. He's a couple of weeks away. So okay, so now you're gonna have a wasted you're gonna have a wasted asset somewhere. You're gonna have a redundant asset. You're gonna have too much talent at at one position because your development player has come out and shown himself to be a guy. Great, let's build on that for the future. And if I don't need no, if, I don't need the future. I need right now. We yeah, but it right now. <laughs> you're saying cut Kiefer Sykes. Roll with Kyle Adnam. Roll, roll with Kyle Adnam and, and Adam Gibson when he comes back and Isaiah Liaffer as your ball handlers and bring in a guy to replace Mitch Creek as an import. A Vic a Law. A gun. Yes. That this team now unfortunately can't win it. They're going to be exciting. And Kiefer Sykes is a tremendous player. And you know, I I don't wish that any poor lose any import lose his position, but if that team is serious after going after a championship, they can't win it as constructed. This is this situation that um, developed last night. We're on we're less than twenty four hours into that yeah. as we record this is very fluid. It's very fluid. Yeah, that's true. Now my, we talk, spoke before about the situation with Mitch Creek and 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 the integrity unit and the investigation. And the decision that was made collectively for him to step away, that my understanding is that there's no time frame mm. to that. That everybody is in a wait, in a holding pattern to see, well, what does that, what are the results of that investigation? Let's assess that from there. So that replacing Mitch Creek with an import right now and cutting a guy who has been a revelation this season in Kiefer Sykes and has been everything you wanted him to be Very and good. more. Very I good. think would be um, uh, a mistake. Well, who's gonna who's gonna play? Who are you gonna play? Well, how do you envision this? How do you envision this team looking? You know, late third quarter. Who they got on the floor next week? Like this yeah. week, Adnam, Glidden, Tarangi. Broke off Ben Moore. We'll have the Sykes. He's injured. He's not playing this week. No, okay, sorry. Say Sykes is healthy. Sykes? (laughs) (laughs) Adnam or Glidden, whoever's rolling. Okay, so who are you saying? So, okay, end of the third quarter, three weeks. Everybody who's available is healthy. Who we got on the floor? No Mitch Craig. No Mitch Craig? No Mitch Craig. Sykes? Glidden or Adnam, whoever's rolling. Adnam's always rolling. <sighs> Glidden's been very good. Solid. Okay. Solid. 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 Yeah, I agree. I think he's been very good. Um, 
Tarangi's been very good as well in recent times. He's hit a nice patch. Yes. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. So, you know, Brokoff is going to Brokoff's going to be very very good. He needs it a little sound, time. It sounds like Liam, it sounds like he got a lot of one twos and threes there. <laughs> well, I tell you, you're playing the New Zealand Breakers. They got cold, man. They got the biggest man on campus, and then the six foot five and under brigade. Let's go. <laughs> it's interesting, though. It's amazing mm. what you know what I'm saying. Like, I think you kind of you, you. I hear you because you really like you really like sights, but yes. I think you also can kind of understand where I'm with it. They've got a lot of guys in that one, two, three spot now. I think if you if if the if you get to a point where Creek's not playing the rest of this season, then you start to look very seriously at what you've suggested. But Kim, I, I don't even think it's a, I don't even think it's a no-brainer at that point because I think Sykes is excellent. I think Ben Moore's excellent, and I think you've got Glidden and Tarangi, and you've got uh, Ryan Brockoff, and like you've still got a squad in that situation. I mean, I had penciled them in the playoffs. I thought, you know, I thought, and even though I, you know, I thought with Sykes coming back, I was like, wow, like this team, this team has some pieces. They can defend at critical moments. Um, They rebound the ball well enough. They've got really, they have a lot of perimeter threats. And especially with the way Mitch Creek was shooting the basketball. Um, It's, uh, they, they were a real threat, but now I think that's just a gaping hole, Liam, that has to be huge hole. That huge has hole. to be, that has to be addressed. And if you wait four weeks, it may be too late and not worth making a move. And then you've just eaten the season. And that's mm. my fear. Such a, such a tricky situation in so many different ways. But if the, the squad that played the other day, yeah, yes, or Sunday, whenever it was, with and and with all those other healthy bodies, Gibson and and uh, Pernod and Sykes, this team can win the title. No, no, stop. That, you, stop. Hold on. Wait a minute. You with Creek? Yes. Yeah, that the, team. Yeah, the, that team. The team could. that played on Sunday. With Sykes back, with Gibson back, and with Pernod in, can win the title. I still wouldn't trust. I still wouldn't trust them just yet. I know where you're coming from. It, They're it's arrow. Kind of like, it's kind of like the Brisbane deal. Like I, yeah. Let's talk about one team that we know can win the title because they win every single title that's ever sort of put in front of them. The Perth Wildcats. John Mooney is twenty-two years old. Wow. which I think everybody needs reminding of from time to time. Yeah. He's been unbelievable. Trevor Gleason is an all-time great. All-time great. Bryce Cotton is pure brilliance. In so many different ways, we don't have enough time to, to dissect everything that he brings to the table. Beyond brilliant. I just, you know, watching the guy is a treat. And I don't really enjoy watching that many players, um, but watching Bryce is enjoyable. He plays the right way. He's athletic. He's intelligent. He's fearless. And he's clutch. Mm. So a lot of teams, you know, teams these days have their, um, like, their, their phrases, their values. They set before the season what their values are going to be, right? Like the breakers during their championship years, it was chur. Yeah. Right? 
and, and each letter stands for a certain thing. And, and with, for the breakers, that R standard for relentless. Mm. That word for me sits in a lot of teams' values, but that's what they aim to be. Right. Bryce Cotton is relentlessly excellent. Yes. Possession after possession after possession. And that's, it's his talent and his uh, basketball IQ. But I think that's the thing that takes him from being great to being one of the best, if not the best we've ever seen, because it's just always there. And you mentioned that key word before, fit. Trevor's system, Mm. um, the methodical flex structure that he runs is somehow, and you wouldn't have anticipated, a perfect match for Bryce. Bryce is great off the ball. He's great on the ball. Trevor has incorporated enough late screen, uh, late shot clock, ball screen action for Bryce to do his thing. Um, He's good off the blind pig stuff. I don't know why teams chase him out to half court so hard and try and deny him the ball. And then they get hit for the blind pig and he's on the rim. You know what I'm saying? Well, let him catch it out there. Well, then let's, let's talk about this. It's the biggest you know, problem. You know, you know the look I'm talking about. I know exactly the play, but I know why they do it because they say let the, the prevention's the, the better, better than a cure. So let's, once he gives it up, let, some of them go, let's switch the flex cuts. Let's switch the down screens on, on the other side and deny and then they they go to their counters they're brilliant at it yeah but it's the don't biggest deny, don't deny that if they kick it to him at the at, if they kick it to him out high coming off of that i can live with that you don't need to deny all you the know what to them. but then the ball screen's coming and that's you're in... all right we're blitzing that ball screen well then let's talk about this because it's the biggest problem that faces every single person in the whole rest of the league year after year and, and right now what do we do how do we solve the Bryce Cotton problem? I'm okay. I'm not letting him. I'm trying to prevent him as much as possible from straight line attacks, which in the blind pig is exactly what he wants. Um, so in that in that particular set, let him catch it up high, go and blitz him early, and make him give it up uh, as far away from the basket as possible. But that's what the Phoenix did at the State Basketball Center and they lost by 31 because they say, they say the teams go, we get it out of his hands. We're going to trade opportunities for Bryce for space for everybody else. I'm making we, somebody else. I'm making, I'm making those other guys make some shots. But they beat you. That's what That's the Kings right. did in game three and Nick K hit seven threes and blasted them off the floor. Now, that was bad defense. <laughs> That's different. That was atrocious. That was just simple pick and pop stuff where I'm like, come on. And the Bullets got the Bullets got hurt like that last season too against Perth at a crucial possession. I think it was out in Perth. Uh, Cotton comes off. They mess up the coverage. Pick and pop. K, late fourth quarter. You know it's a bucket. Okay? But Bill Belichick takes away your best thing. All right? And I'm not going to let Bryce Cotton beat me. I'm going to trap him. And then I'm taking away the next best. They are not going to get pick and pop jumpers. You got to take away that next one. And then if they get you on the next one and shoot over a closeout, so be it. But 
I am not going to let Bryce Cotton do to me what he did the other day uh, against um, Adelaide. Adelaide. Come on now. You know who's going to get them back in the game, Adelaide? You've got 62. <laughs> who's going to get them back in the game? Go nuts. I get it. Everyone knows it, and it still happens. And when you blitz him and you double him and you get the ball out of his hands, he has 21 and nine assists. Yeah. And, and Stanfield has whack. four threes and Stundle has two and John Mooney has two from two. And Mitch Norton cuts to the dunker's spot and lays it in over the side of the rim and you lose by 17. Look, you know, I heard for years, uh, you know, so much animosity and venom against Trevor and all this stuff. But I'm like, you know what? You guys need to stop trying to criticize and categorize him and just focus on trying to beat him. Right. Focus on trying to beat him. Because yep. you know what Trevor does? He demands excellence. And he's very good with his two-way stuff. He will crucify you. If you're not getting the job done, he will take you out. We saw that with Jermaine Beal. He was not afraid to mm -hmm. sit Jermaine Beal on the bench mm -hmm. and not play him. However, on the flip, on the positive side, Jared Barstow, who wasn't even in the preseason roster, goes out there for a late tryout, makes the team, beats out Nelson Collar, makes the team. Now he's starting because he's been doing his job. Mm -hmm. So – you know, Trevor gets a lot of stuff about, you know, being pigheaded and all this stuff. Nah, that dude's just trying to win basketball games. And he's going to do whatever it takes because that's his job. When I spoke to Brian Gorgian in advance of this season, having him signed to, with the Hawks and, and coming back into the league, and, and I asked him about, you know, his, his style of play from when he was here last time and, and what it's going to be this mm. time and so on and so forth. And he said... When I previously coached in the NBL, I felt like I'd worked out the league. I knew how to win. And that's why he won titles with the Magic and he won titles with the Kings and he won title with the South Dragons. And if, yep. that hadn't, if they hadn't have folded up shop, he would have won more and more titles with them. That's where Trevor Gleason is right now. Heard the winning this year. Right. Well, I don't know. I look. I know you're a Victorian. No, I'm just. I know you. I know. I know. Here we go with the Melbourne. Here we go with the Melbourne stranglehold on the NBL. Check this out, Liam. Your you, your Melbourne United crew. They're not winning it. I love them. I love the way that I. I just really. I love Dino. Great guy. I like the way he coaches. I love his intensity and his passion. Bubbles. Great player. You know, Landell. Like I enjoy watching those guys play, but I just have a feeling. It's not their season. Ruck, if the Wildcats win it this year, we might as well just pack the whole thing up. <laughs> Honestly, what are we doing? Like, what is anybody doing? This NBL Cup was the chance for somebody to put some doubt into their mind. Perth have flown back to WA. And right now, they are feeling so good because you know what? They're going to get some games out there. Uh, they're set. They're, they're set. going to get some they're going to get some games. And you know what also, Liam, when you are used to traveling like they do all the time to play, their road games aren't as difficult for them as teams traveling to Perth to play them are. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Melbourne United might go out to Perth once a year. 
Mm. Perth are coming east all the time. Mm. And they, it's, they no adapt. it's it's like, you know, the NBA players, people say, well, NBA players play 82. Yeah, but their body is, they, they're used to doing that. They, they Over a number of years, you're in the league. Yep. This is what I do. It's not a problem. Whereas you you add an extra eight games to the NBL schedule and these guys are like, whoa, man, this is a struggle because it's just not what they're used to doing. And you're right. The Wildcats are used to traveling. And don't get me wrong. I love excellence. I cheer for dynasties. I want yeah. LeBron to keep winning titles. I don't want him to not just so that somebody else does. And and yeah. I don't I don't ex- I don't want one team or another to win the NBL title. I don't care. I love I there's a part of me that wants them to win a three-peat because they're brilliant and they're excellent. Mm. And I think excellence, I love it when it's rewarded and and history is made and we can and we can celebrate it. But at the same time, Melbourne United have to go. win this title. I knew it was coming. You think they've, Melbourne you think they have, they're better than Perth right now? The, they've this is they've got Jock Landau right now before he goes to the NBA. And this is like the Kings and their window with Andrew Bogut. And they didn't win it and they should have. Mm. This is Melbourne. Melbourne United have to win this title with Jock Landau and Mitch McCarron and Chris Golding and Scotty goddamn Hobson Rock. Sometimes it's just not your year. Like there's just something else, some other energy force wreaking habit. And these guys, have they had their full lineup yet? Um, have they? Maybe like two games or three games or something? They went nine and zip. And I know. Golding out, Illy out white now out hobson now out like you're not judging this team on this last few weeks are you i'm just judging on the fact that like i said i just think it's just one of those years where they physically they've hit a they've hit a rough patch and it seems to be like one guy after another illy comes back and all of a sudden you know he played that game but he's still not quite right is he not quite you know it's 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 tricky. Sometimes sometimes teams get stung with this. I got it wrong that the Wildcats weren't going to make the finals. <laughs> well, you said that? <laughs> let's, let's move on. Yeah. No, I just... I, I, but I got it right that, 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 that Melbourne United are going to win the title. I just think Perth are really tight. They're hard to beat. And in a close game, they got that dude. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. And nobody has solved the problem. I just want that. Men. I want to see Perth v. Melbourne United in the grand final. Yep. And I want Melbourne United to have the home court advantage. I want that too. Illy, Baba, Sam McDaniel, and, and Dean Vickerman trying to solve the Bryce Cotton problem. I want to see that over a five-game grand final series. Melbourne United have some horses now. I mean, the other day, that team that they had out there where Sam and Daniel came in and did some really nice things, um, it just shows you the quality of depth that they have. Um, yeah, but, you know, and so, you know, we said we got about, what, 20 games left or something? Mm-hmm. Can they get everyone healthy? And then once everyone is healthy, can they get them playing cohesive, really good basketball together, championship-winning basketball? And that's the challenge. Well, I, I think they're, in, they're coming from a good place in that regard. Now, obviously, the bodies need to get right. 
But, yep. but Scotty, like, Scotty Hobson w- was starting to get going. Was. Now, Chris Golding was out, so they've still got some work to do in terms of how that whole group comes together. But I think that they've got great buy-in. Jock Landau's not out there trying to get numbers. He's, he's trying, great, to, he's trying he's to get a wins. Great star player to have. You great. know, like great star player to have. Um, like I think they've got a great, they've they've got a they're in a good situation in terms of their buy-in and their personalities and the mix and uh, you know, they're I, all invested in I can't, in believe, I can't believe you I can't believe you actually talked about Melbourne United for five minutes now and you have not once mentioned your all-time favorite player, Jack White. <laughs> hey, I like Jack White. Oh, I know you do. But Jack I like nice. I like Mitch McCarron more. Mitch McCarron plays the game. I wish he was more aggressive all the time, irrespective of who was on the court. But then that, but sometimes I, I feel like he, he adapts appropriately. Now, sometimes it leans a little too far in one direction and it, never too far in the other direction. We haven't seen that him trying to, trying to be too aggressive mm. when, when every, all the horses are there. But you see, like he's, he's nobody in this league, I think, well, let me, I would say there are very few people in this league who sacrifice more than Mitch McCarron out there. Yes, because the moment Chris like Golding's that. not there in Illawarra, we Mitch McCarron said, "Well, I can be that guy," and he just came out and was brilliant in that game and put points on the board and took all the big shots and and took them over the line. But when the when those other guys are there, he adapts his game accordingly because he wants everyone to succeed. No, I know that's that's very true. Let me ask you this question. You are you are Hobart next year. Now look, this is purely hypothetical. Uh, yeah, Tazzy, sorry. This is purely hypothetical and you know we're operating in a different space here. If you had a two-year contract on offer, would you rather have DJ Fasilovich? Or would you rather have Chris Golding? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because from a pure basketball perspective and where they are in their careers and the ability to grow with a guy, I'm, I'm going with Vasiljevic. But if... But Golding is Taswegian. But see, and the thing about the thing about Chris, I still think he's underutilized at Melbourne United. He, he's a superstar. He's I a think superstar. he's underutilized. Um, I think you know what? He's much more and better utilized this year than he was last year, alongside uh, Mello Trimble and with Sean Long demanding the ball down low and alongside Jock Lant. Like it's much better, but that can still but again, he's he's gonna they that's can't go to another level of usage again because Scotty Hobson's coming in and they got to try and make that work. Hey, well, oh, well, let me tell you what. I'm only trying to make that work for about another two weeks before Scotty Hobson's uh, usage is going to be curtailed. Jeez. He was coming good. He was coming good. What in that game? He had one game, but then another game. He had a really good second half of a game, and then he was starting to look, yeah, decent. But I mean, 
we can't drop our standards. This guy was probably the best player in the league last year. They're really missing him right now. You think? Just the, from what, having that threat out there and a guy yep. that can do, yeah. They're missing exactly what they brought him in to be, which is that extra playmaker on the wing when Mitch is not in that kind of breakdown, my guy yeah. kind of mode and they can flip it to Scotty and they can play out of him in the post in crunch time or just that extra guy that helps tick the scoreboard over because their defense is has continued to be really good. They've just had trouble at the offensive end. It's been a real struggle and he's a big He's a big piece out of that. And he right was now. starting to get his bounce. It looked like he was mm-hmm. starting to pop off the floor. I think he got a couple of dunks. Because early, early in the season, it didn't look like he could even dunk. Mm-hmm. And then um, I thought before he got hurt, he was starting to look, look pretty good. But back on the Vasilovich, I think he's not getting utilized enough either, especially in fourth quarters. What's going on there? Um, you think he should get more looks in crunch time? There have been games where he sat out five or six minutes in the fourth quarter. It's like they mm. forgot about him. Mm. I think in those situations, it's often been either him or Didi from... Uh, oh, stop, stop, stop. No, no, no. From That's what Adam Ford's looking at, right? Know, and he goes... Stop, but he's Didi. like, I'm... <laughs> D- but he looks at one end and he goes, I'm getting stops. I'm getting stops. If, if we continue to get stops, I just need Casper or, or someone to make a couple of shots and we're going to win this game. But and like, that's I what's think- held him back from, from putting DJ back in the game. Yeah, but you have to – he's going to be around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Put him out there and let him get burned. Sometimes you got to take those hits for – you know, you're not winning the championship this year. You may as well get that experience. Don't tell me you think they can win it too. I just not can't every- – <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for them to get everyone on the floor because Casper's be playing team. at an MVP level. Jarrell Martin's – he's, he's that guy. Yeah, in the, middle, in the middle for them, Xavier Cooks at the four, DJ, and then you take your pick. That can be Didi sometimes. That can be Brad Newley, Sean Bruce. That's yeah. a squad. You don't want to play them in a three-game series. And Moeller just sniffing around, doing annoying stuff. Oh, he was like, he's not excellent the three. other day. He's not going to make that three, and then he hits the three. It's like <laughs> he was excellent against Brisbane. He was oh their second God. best player on the in the game. That game was hugely disappointing from Brisbane's perspective. Up 12, 13 mm-hmm. in the first in the first half. That team is under like you've got you gotta crunch that that team if you're a legitimate championship yep. team. Yep. Let down from them. That had a great NBL Cup. Um, it was coming to the end of their their cup. Bad loss. Bad loss. Great win from Sydney. Bounce back because they'd got whacked by Illawarra. Very disappointing performance. They got more minutes out of Jarrell Martin. They've that was a big I love those bounce back wins. You know, when it's like yeah. Illawarra had after they got whacked by Perth, and then they came out and they they beat Sydney and then they beat Melbourne and they're back on track. Okay, so I like Perth, United. Brisbane, Illawarra. That's my four. At the halfway mark of the season. We need the wild card game because I don't want to cut it down to four. 
That would be nice. Four versus five. I mean, it's going to be super close once again. Is that is that? I mean, are you teasing anything there? Or is that, I mean, they can't bring it in mid-season, but next year, be... next year we need that. Now, hey, before we finish up, because in a couple of minutes I got to go and pick up my daughter from Kinder. Mm. Josh Giddy and Mojave King. Give me your, your three, two, three-minute take on where those two next stars are right now in the lead-up to the draft. Josh Giddy has done a tremendous job. I like the way he runs the team, and I think now Connor Henry has greater confidence in him. And with the subtraction of Donald Sloan, you can see Giddy has grown in confidence. Uh, the Sixers are a far better team when he is on the floor. He does a great job with tempo control, distributing the basketball. He rebounds. And now he's starting to knock down uh, some jump shots, enough jump shots, even more, more than enough jump shots. Mm. He's shooting at a nice clip over the past three or four games. He looks really, really good. I would – you know, based on my discussions with different people, I would, I would think probably mid first still. Um, he's probably that's probably better than where he was initially. I think he was twenties initially. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be higher. Mm. You know, he, that's borderline lottery right now for sure. I agree. Uh, Mojave, I think, is now starting to find his way somewhat. Um, look, I think there are some, some issues up there with the the vibe it just doesn't Agreed. look right i noticed it when i went to the game when they played brisbane here now i'm just full disclaimer mojave does not talk to me about these things because i don't even ask him yeah um but this is just i watched you can out. see it i watch everything man Blind freddie and, can see that right now with that team yeah something isn't vibing i'm not sure what it is but i'm proud of mo Hmm. that amidst all of that, he is finding a way to stay strong. And I think we're starting to see what he's capable of. Hmm. And look, 18-year-olds are going to deal with these, with these circumstances differently. Uh, Josh is a point guard. He's a different personality by nature. Mo is a bit quieter. Um, but now I think he's starting to understand what it takes. And, um, you know, he caught a body the other night, which was really nice to see. I think that's just a glimpse of some of his athleticism that he needs to play with uh, more of going down the stretch. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of basketball left, Liam. A lot. And we, like you said, that, that word glimpse, we've seen some glimpses, right? We've seen the shooting over the yeah. past few weeks and we've seen the athleticism. And now it's about let's, let's see both of them and the, and the stuff you need to get done defensively and the yep. blockouts and the things that are going to keep you out there on the floor. Yep. Let's see all of that together for a few games in a row, and then you're rolling. Exactly. I mean, from the uh, you know from the scouts that I've dealt with and talked with regarding Mojave, they're still um, very keen on him. Mm -hmm. um, at 18, I think you know it's always if you know if he's a first round pick, hopefully he'll be a first round pick. There's still going to be an element of development in there, um, but I think you know the teams I've spoken to are still really. Uh, really interested in him. And I think if he continues to to go forward in, in the vein that he's been in the past couple of weeks, he and Josh are going to be very, very well placed. That's great to see because they're just, they're nice kids. Yep. And, uh, and we're loving watching them and we're not going to be able to watch them for long. So make sure you, you enjoy it while you can. Great stuff, Rock. Love it. Liam, always great, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on and uh, stay on it.